14 and John 11, John the 14th chapter, John the 11th chapter, we've been studying together the names and titles of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we reach back just a bit into the letter L this morning. We want to spend a Sunday morning talking about Jesus Christ as the life. Jesus Christ as the life. It's often said by someone who doesn't enjoy something to someone who is enjoying it, why don't you get a life? It's often said by someone who has an interest in a particular uh, activity to those who uh, who doesn't have an interest to those who have an interest in a particular activity why don't you get a life and it's supposed to be some sort of an insult saying that what you're doing is meaningless or what's important to you is not at all important I would say to you that the Bible the word of God the Holy Bible says to everyone on the face of this earth who has never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior to you, the Bible says, to them, the Bible says, get a life. Because whatever you're doing, if it doesn't include salvation through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have a life, you need a life, and you must get a life before you leave this world, or you will never have a life. That's the, that's the biblical position. It doesn't matter uh, what your walk in life is. It doesn't matter what your status is in society. It doesn't matter how you spend your free time or your, or your work time. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have life. And he urges you to get not a life, the life in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, bless your word to our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in John 14 and verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now what a bold statement for a man to make. And yet that statement is proven true and has stood the test of time. All those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have found Him to be the source of a life they never knew they were missing until the Lord imparted it to them. They found Him to be the one who made their their day-to-day existence into a life worth living. They found Him to be the one who took uh, toil and routine and drudgery and obligation and made it into life more abundant. It's all found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not one time did Muhammad ever say, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Not one time did Buddha or Confucius say to anyone, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Some ministers have dared to say such a thing and then they went and died. Some religious leaders and, 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 and religious figures have, have come close to saying something similar, but then they were buried in a graveyard and never heard from again. But the one who went into the grave and came out alive three days and three nights later claimed to have the power to impart to you eternal everlasting life. And not, not anyone in the realm of religion or of science or of philosophy or of history has ever disproved 
proved Jesus' claim to give eternal life to those who believe in him. Now, people say, they say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm a scientist. I, I believe in science, so I reject the Bible. I want you to prove to me scientifically that a person who trusts Jesus Christ does not have eternal life and is not absent from the body and present with the Lord the moment they breathe their last breath. Since you cannot prove that scientifically, I will continue to believe the Word of God by faith, and you can continue to reject the Word of God by faith, and and we'll see whose faith pays off in everlasting life. I'm going to stand on the promises of the Word of God. I see the results of God's Word in the lives of those that believe it, in the families of those that believe it, in the nations where a majority believes it. Always life becomes more abundant where faith is put in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter number 11, John chapter 11 and verse number 23. Jesus standing at the tomb of Lazarus with uh, Lazarus' sister Martha. And Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And Jesus proceeded to prove that he was the resurrection and the life by calling a man dead four days out of the grave. And that man is, is alive. He is seated at a table, eating with his family, enjoying fellowship because of the power of the word and the power of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, spiritually, we'll see in a minute, it's absolutely true. Practically, we'll see in a moment, it's absolutely true. But let, let's just compare, let's just consider the other lives. We mentioned boys and girls coming to a youth rally, and we have had Boys and girls that have grown up in this church, like every church has had boys and girls that grow up in the church, to reach a point where they're free to make some decisions and some choices of their own, and they decide they want a different life from the life offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want you to know, having having been on, on both sides of the world, uh, Andy and I were uh, snickering inappropriately when Brother Dan said this, uh, some of you were raised in the high church, uh, Many of us were raised in a high church, but it had nothing to do with religion. There's all types of high churches to grow up in. But I want you to know, I want you to understand that I have never, I have never since I became a Christian, awakened the morning after going to church saying, what did I do last night? I have never awakened after a, after a day in church and said, oh no. I hope nobody ever finds out about that. I have never awakened in my own vomit. I have never awakened in a stranger's bedroom or living room. I have never awakened and needed to go to a clinic a couple of weeks later. I, I have never awakened and, and needed an attorney to bail me out. I have never had to make my one phone call to say, I don't know how I got here, somebody come get me. I have never crashed into anybody under the influence of Bible verses. I have never punched anybody in the face because I came home having sung too many hymns. I want to tell you, it's life more abundant in Jesus Christ. 
I don't need treatment for an addiction that has cost me my ability to go to work and to provide for my family. I don't need to be put in some sort of a rehab because my, my liver is gone or my lungs are gone because of my addiction to the Word of God. I want to thank the Lord for a life of which I never have to be ashamed. A life that doesn't tear my family apart but brings it together. A life that doesn't rob me of my health and of my sound mind but promotes it and encourages it. I'm telling you there's real life to be found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no shame in it. There's no sorrow in it. There's no reproach in it. There's no disease in it. There's no violence in it. Thank God for the life that is offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 3, we're not talking about being alive, we're talking about having life. And the Bible makes it very clear that you can be alive and not have life. And, and that's, that's proven by the millions and millions of people in our society and, and around the world who have absolutely nothing to get up for in the morning. They have absolutely nothing to look forward to in the afternoon. They have absolutely nothing to rejoice in in the evening. It's just a steady, endless cycle of food and television or food and video games or food and sitting on the porch somewhere complaining. There is no life to their living. There is no satisfaction and no rejoicing to their existence. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ wants to give you life. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 3, Honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have children and nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable for God. Now, she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. Now, here's a woman who is desolate but trusting God. Here is a woman who doesn't seem to have all of the pleasures and play toys of life, but she is in fellowship with God through prayer night and day. And the Bible compares that woman to a woman who has nothing in her life but what the world calls pleasures. The booze and the drugs and the adultery and the fornication and the wild living. And the Bible says the former woman lacks wealth and comfort, but she has life. And the latter woman has what the world would call a big time, but she's dead while she liveth. So she is physically alive, but she is spiritually dead. And everything that she puts her hand to turns to disappointment. Everywhere she turns to find the satisfaction or the peace or the joy or the contentment or the fulfillment that that always is just beyond her reach, no matter which direction she reaches, she never lays hold on the real life that would make her get up in the morning and say, thank you, God. That would make her pause through the day and say, God is so good. That would make her lay her head down on her pillow at night and say, God, you're wonderful. It's always just out of reach. When Satan took Jesus up, 
and from that mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. The Bible says he was able to do so in a moment of time. In, in a moment of time. Now, I, I, there's, there's no point in me even, even going in this direction because I'll prove to you in a moment that I, I don't know what, what, what is in that direction. But I, I remember, I remember when the, the young people sat in their living room and they had sat in front of their TV set and they had devices in their hands that could control a little blip that went up and down and up and down and another little blip would come across the screen and they would move the the one little line up to hit the blip and the blip would bounce back. It was so cool. And the guy on the other side would move one little line and he would, he would hit the blip and the blip would bounce back. It was like, kind of like ping pong, but on a TV. So you didn't have to move your feet or your arms or anything. It was so cool. And there isn't any kid on earth would want to play with one of those right now unless it just got to the jungle or just got to the desert a week behind the arrival of electricity. This is it, man. This is the, I'm going to camp out all night to get level phase two of bounce back and forth across the TV screen game. What was that thing? Come on. What was it called? Pong. Pong? Is that what it's called? Pong. Wow. Pong. It kind of went the way of silent movies. What I'm telling you is it doesn't matter how much it costs you. It will end the same way. Garbage can or yard sale. You can date. You can move in together. You can get married. Without Jesus, it's going to end the same way. He's not what you thought he was going to be. She's not what you thought she was going to be. Well, I'm just not happy anymore. Well, I just, it just, we're just not in love anymore. No, you know what the problem is? You're looking for life. And you're dead while you're living. It's not there. You can't just have a Super Bowl. You've got to have a Super Bowl party. And you can't just have a Super Bowl party. You've got to have a week-long Super Bowl party. And now they want the day off after the Super Bowl to recover from the party. It's never enough. It used to be Christmas. Then it was Christmas Eve. Then it was two days before Christmas. Now it's two weeks off for Christmas and everybody wants to leave at three in the afternoon the day before the two weeks off for Christmas. No matter what you get, it's not enough until you meet Jesus. Life is dead while you're living without Jesus. Revelation chapter 3 says it this way. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Now, let me try to, try to explain this in, in the sense that the Bible is talking about. You say right now, you say, I'm not dead. I've got a job, 
And I like my job, and it's a good job. I'm not dead. I have a home, and, and it's a nice home, and I like my home. I'm not dead. I have, I have a spouse, and I have children, and grandchildren, and parents, and, and I'm not dead. I've got relationships, and, and I'm not dead. I've got, I've got some money in the bank, and I, I've got some credit cards, and I can buy stuff, and I can prove that you're dead while you're living. Because there will come a point at which... Every bit of that stuff comes to a sudden and immediate halt. And when that day comes, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you have nothing to last beyond that day. So the fact that you have a job doesn't mean you have life. And the fact that you have money doesn't mean that you have life. And the fact that you have family and friends doesn't mean that you have life because... God could call your number today. And if today I breathe my last breath, if all I have is the things just listed, I have proof positive I didn't have life. Because all of those things are no longer mine. If I die tonight, I won't go to work tomorrow. If I die tonight, I won't enjoy my family tomorrow. If I die tonight, I won't spend my money tomorrow. If that's all you have, you have the things that go with life, but you don't have life. See? Life, Jesus said, I am come, they might have life, life more abundantly, and life eternally. And what most people have, they have decoration. They have ornaments, they have trinkets, they have accessories, they have all the things that make life better, but you take them all away and they have no life. What do you have right now that you will have beyond the grave? It's Jesus or it's nothing. And if you don't have Jesus, it is evident that you don't have the life that God wants you to have. Because everything you've got could end with one, one stroke from God. All right, let's look in our Bibles in 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter 5. Just up a page or two from Revelation. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 11. 1 John 5, verse 11. The Bible says, And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. You see, eternal life is not in deposits. Eternal life is not in property. Eternal life is not in amusements. Eternal life is not in family and friends. All of those things can be enjoyed or all of those things can be destroyed. But if you want real life, lasting life, eternal life, it's not at the mall. It's not for sale at the mall. It's not for sale online. It's free. It's the gift of God. It's eternal life in and through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, people say, we, we mentioned this in Bible school the other night. People say, well, you know, that, that Bible, it's hard to understand. That old King James Bible especially, it's, it's, it's really tricky. How many of you can remember back when, when you went to first grade and you, you actually learned to read in the first grade? How many, how many of you are so old that you can remember when you, when you learned to read in the first grade? 
We didn't have, we didn't have ecology in the first grade or, or environmentalism. We didn't have, uh, social and, and, uh, and equal rights classes in the first grade. We didn't have psychological uh, manipulation or sex education. Back when I went to first grade, it was, it was, well, they called it old, it's old school. We, we learned to read. And they had these books, Dot and Jim. How many remember reading about Dot and Jim? Now, maybe the reason you can't learn to read in the first grade now is the names are much longer and more complicated than, than they used to be. But, but we learned about Dot and Jim. And, and C, Dot, Run. C, Jim, Run. C, Dot, Laugh. And laugh was tough because it looked like... The teacher would say, just sound it out. You could, so, so, now look at this. Look, let me show you how complicated the Bible is when it comes to something like, well, I don't know, everlasting life. When it comes to something like salvation. Look at verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If you can read at a first grade reading level, God put it right there. So nobody with brains enough to read could miss heaven. You want life? It's Jesus. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. In one syllable words, everything you need to know is right there. Now, this morning, when people say, get a life. The, the answer is, I got one. 17th December, 1976. How about you? When did you get a life? Because if you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. I have the life that lasts forever. Do you have the life that lasts forever? Let's read it again, just in case some are, are just, had just started first grade. We'll, we'll help you get up to speed. He, that's Jim... That hath the Son, hath life. And he, that could be dot, you'll learn in fourth grade grammar that, that the masculine is set for the whole. And he that hath not the Son of God, hath not life. Aren't you glad that God gave you that in the complicated, confusing Elizabethan English of Shakespeare's time so that you could get it? He that hath the Son. Anybody here got the Son? Hath life. He that hath not the Son, anybody here done have the Son yet? Hath not life. That's it. It's just that simple. Praise the Lord. All right, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter number 1. Well, the Bible is so hard to understand, so hard to read. I wouldn't say that to anybody. Don't say that. They will suspect you've not read it. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested Unto us. He said, we've seen life with our eyes. We have, we have 
seeing eternal life with our eyes. Life was made manifest. That's an odd thing. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, what an amazing thing. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He was not only God manifest in the flesh, He was life manifest in the flesh. That is, life is not a thing. Life is a person. If you want life, you have to get it from Jesus Christ. Now, physical life, when you, when you ask the scientists, say, well, well, can you describe, can you, as a scientist, how would you describe physical life? And they can't do it. They know it is some combination of atoms and protons and neutrons and electrons, and it's put together by the, this, this formation of a, of a body, and somehow this body has these electrical currents surging through it, and these unseen as yet invisible particles that hold it all together, and there's something that has to do with electromagnetism and oxygen in the blood. And you know, the truth of the matter is, they don't have the slightest idea how to describe and define and verify and prove physical life. All they can verify is when it stops. I'm, I'm just telling you. So we'll just, just go out, just pick ten professors, ten scientists, ten theologians, say, describe life. You get ten different answers. Now, ask a Christian. Ask a hundred of them. Ask a thousand of them. Ask ten thousand of them. Ask a hundred thousand of them. Can you define life? Absolutely. It's Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. Well, can you prove that? Because, because, when you, when you cease to exist in this mortal body, you will still live forever if you have Jesus Christ. And if not, you will die in your sins eternally. Without It's that simple. And not one scientist on the face of the earth can disprove that. He can disagree with it. He can make fun of it. He can laugh at it. He can call you names. But he can't prove life. And he can't prove there's no eternal life. We're going to believe the Bible. He can believe the works of a dead man who kept changing his mind. Well, Darwin didn't say, well, he said in one book, but he didn't say in the other book. Uh, Christians don't say that. We don't have to keep rewriting our book. You, you've made no discovery that has changed a single verse in the Bible. You haven't, you haven't dug anything up. You haven't found anything in space. You didn't find anything in the heart of man, the mind of man. Your telescope and your microscope have not disproved a single verse of Scripture. In fact, many of your discoveries have caused you to retreat from your attacks on Scripture. We know that. The scientists know that. We're talking about it. They're not. Life's in the sun. Not S-U-N, S-O-N. Son of God. And, and the life was manifest in the flesh. Now, come to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. I went off to college. In my Western Civ class, they made fun of the Old Testament 
history in my psychology classes they made fun of the biblical morals and code of ethics and in my biology class they made fun of the biblical account of creation I took all those classes I took a geology class and you know this is 800 million years old and and we know that because it's older than this and this is 700 million years old we know we know it's younger because it's younger than the one we said was 800 million years old I took all that stuff And the reason I went in a Christian, came out a Christian, is because they never offered me an alternative to the Bible that they believed. You're asking me to give up something I know to be true for something you yourselves don't know to be true. I'm not making that trade. Now, I know a lot of kids that have, but I wasn't one of them. And I know a lot of people that bowed down to that pressure. I wasn't about to bow down to that pressure. Heaven and earth will pass away. God's words will not pass away. So here we are. Great Lakes nearly frozen. The entire Great Lakes nearly frozen. After 15 years of belly aching about global warming. I'll keep my Bible, thank you. Just stick with the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now what a strange thing. The woman without Jesus, the Bible said she's dead while she's living. The Bible says of us that we are dead But our life is hid with Christ in God. So here's what I did. I I wouldn't, I I mean, I know this now. I didn't know it at the time. But here's what I did. If you're saved, here's what you did. I took the life I thought I had, which which I really didn't have, because I was dead in trespasses and sins. And I came to Jesus and I said, Lord, would you save me? The Bible never says Jesus saves your life. The Bible says he saves your soul. So I went to Jesus thinking I was alive and asking him to save me. And when in fact I was dead and what he did was give me life. And no sooner did he give me life than he said, but I'm not going to trust it to you. I'm going to keep it safe with me. Because everything I've ever given you, you've messed it up. So I'm going to put your life, well actually it's my life that I let you have. I'm going to put your eternal life in a safe deposit box. I'm going to put it in a place where you can't blow it. I'm going to put it in a place where you can't trade it. I'm going to put it in a place where you can't lose it. I'm going to put it in a place where you can't mess it up. I'm going to hide your life with me up here in heaven. So I meet somebody and I say, were you saved? Well, I used to be, but I lost it. You couldn't lose it. The Lord never lets you hold on to it. Well, I'm trying to hang on to it, but I feel it slipping away. It's not in your hands. He gave you life. And then the life he gave you, he put it with him, safeguarded in heaven. So, so you wouldn't, look, there's, you see this all the time. Some of those that, that oppose you in Deland, some of those that oppose you in Orlando, some of that oppose you wherever you go to preach the gospel, they say, oh, I used to do what you're doing, but I found something better, and I, I traded what, what you're doing for this. You know, 
watching the number of people who turn their back on Jesus when they become adults and go out into the world and waste their substance in riotous living, and then, thank God, watching many of them come back in in later years. You know, the Lord in His wisdom said, if I gave you, if I put eternal life in your hands, you might trade it for a nightclub life. You might trade it for some wild woman or some smooth-talking man and, and then by the time you realize you'd made a mistake, you wouldn't even know where to go to get it back. So tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you eternal life, but I'm not going to put it in your hands. I'm going to keep it in my hands so that no matter what you do, your eternal life will be kept safely with me. Thanks be to God. So, well, boy, that's true. I'll just go out and live however I want. You're going to anyway. Mom can't stop you. Dad can't stop you. The preacher can't stop you. Jesus can't stop you. If you want to go out and, and trade a life of him, him singing for a life of uh, Saturday night vomit, and, uh, go ahead. You want to trade, you know, gr- having, having your family grow up in church and live in church for two or three divorces and a couple of social diseases, help yourself. Nobody can stop you. You got all the brains. You got all figured out. Go ahead. But I'm telling you, if you ever get eternal life from Jesus Christ, you have eternal life in Jesus Christ because He is the one who is keeping that life safely. Thank the Lord. Because I know what I've done with everything else I've touched. Most of it breaks. I don't even know how it broke. I'll say to Morris, I don't know how that even happened. She said, what'd you do? I don't know what I did. It just, it just broke. That used to make my dad so angry. Son, it didn't just break, it, but it did. I'm telling you, it did. It was just this conspiracy that God and my dad had to, to, to make my life miserable. Go out and try to start, you know, that yard ain't cut by time, you know. And so you go out and start the lawnmower, and it won't start. Bob, it won't start. You better go contact. It won't start. And it wouldn't until Dad got home. He pulled it one time. I don't know if that's God or the devil or what, but it's. Now, can you imagine if the day you got saved, the Lord gave you your eternal life and said, Now, here it is. Do your best with it. What would have happened by now? So he said, you know what, I'm going to give you eternal life, and then I'm going to hide your life with Christ and God. What a blessing. Verse number four, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now I mentioned my, my dad, and these are, you know, you, you, bring, you bring up life and death and those issues, and it touches every one of us. But you know, there's not a person here. There's not a person here that you can say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that person my life. Well, God's given me a, a good wife, and we've enjoyed many happy years together. Out of the 30 we've been married, se- several of them have been just <laughs> happy as you can imagine. And the other, I mean, the mediocre years are okay, but we get through them and... <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
Some of you are laughing uncertainly because, you, anyway, you're wondering what she's going to do to me when we get home. What my dad did when the yard wasn't cut. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, if my life is anyone but Jesus, there's nothing but sadness down the road. Because that person, like all of us, will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we'll be parted one from another. Either I'll go or you'll go or she'll go or he'll go or they'll go. And But there's one. See? When Christ... Who is our life? Always there. Always there. Every day, every day of this life, the life to come, every day for time and for eternity, Jesus Christ is there. Now, here, here's why this world's so unhappy, so disappointed, and why the economy continues to thrive and to flourish. People think life is an, a thing when it's a person. People think life is an it when it's a person. The Bible says when Christ, who is our life? The average American doesn't have a who for their life. They have an it for their life. They have a thing for their life. Life is beer. (laughs) Amen. Life is partying. Life is baseball. Life is fishing. Life is... Life is Jesus. Life is Jesus. It's a person. It's not a thing. One more verse. Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter 2. Are you alive this morning? Galatians 2. Verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Then obviously the life we have is not affected by death. See that? I am crucified. I live. And yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now this this remarkable. It is, it's not the flesh, it's life in the flesh. Now if my life is separate from my flesh, then I can be told, as Jesus said, fear not them that can destroy the body and after can do nothing. Because all they've done is cause the flesh to cease functioning. But they haven't taken away my life. I have life in my flesh. It's not my flesh. It's not connected to my flesh. It's not dependent upon my flesh. If you're this morning and all you've got is this dead while you live stuff, this flesh, that's all you got? Man, do you know what cancer can do to this flesh? Do you know what speeding automobiles can do to this flesh? Do you know what amoebas up your nose in a pond can do to this flesh? Do you know what encephalitis, mosquitoes from horses can do to this flesh. I mean, every single day, the flesh, look what can happen now. 
Oh no, they found out that they can kill you. And you just, oh, what am I going to do? Okay, so let's say none of that stuff gets you. One day you're going to say, what are those spots? <laughs> Never had spots there before. Like Michael Jackson in reverse. I'm, I'm turning, I'm going dark here all of a sudden. What's happening? And then you get up in the morning. Well, and you didn't get up in the morning. You just intended to get up in the morning. I got this thing now. I don't know what it is. But the side of my foot keeps rolling under the rest of my foot. I keep, I keep stepping on my own foot. That's not supposed to happen. What is that? I don't even know what that is. And I'm just telling you, this thing doesn't have life. And it doesn't have to get in a rack, and it doesn't have to get a disease. It's just, it's going to go. Yeah, right. And you go visit Millie just before she went to be with the Lord. Go visit Brenda just before she went to be with the Lord. You know what you find out? There is absolutely alive. While the flesh deteriorates as they were when the flesh was doing what it was supposed to do. The life that I now live. It might be in the flesh, but it's not the flesh. It might be in the flesh, but it's not of the flesh. And when I move out of this flesh, I will go to the one who is life. I will continue to enjoy the life he gave me. And despite all the messes I made down here, I will find the life is undiminished because he's been keeping it safely for me at the right hand of the Father. So this morning, nobody's denying that you're alive. But do you have life? Okay? Now, let me try to say this carefully and we'll be finished. Sometimes, people get the idea that the only way you can be a Christian is to be against everything that moves, crawls, jumps, walks, swim, flies, breathes. You can't be a real Christian unless you're against pictures, words, sounds, Pop-Tarts, dentists, doctors, concrete, houses, money... You know, unless you're against everything that's ever touched the hands of a man, you're not a real Christian. Listen, you know what's in this Bible? Happy marriages. Happy relationships with children. Happy friendships. Enjoying mountains and rivers and oceans and trees and waters and birds and animals and Jesus seemed like every time you turn around he's having dinner with somebody he's frying fish or breaking bread or hanging out what I'm telling you is what you're what you're confused about is you think some of you you're not saved you think you'd have to give up living to be a Christian. And, and what the Bible says is you'd have to give up dying to be a Christian. 
What he wants to do is he wants to infuse life into your living. See, a marriage without the fighting and the divorce. A friendship without the deception and the, and the gossip. A vacation or a weekend without the hangover and the addiction and the disease. He doesn't want to take life away from you. He wants to take the wages of sin, which is death, away from you. He wants to take the death part out of it and put life into your living. Christians still enjoy music. Just not the kind that makes them hate their parents. Christians still enjoy eating out. Just not the blasphemous conduct that comes from pouring booze in before, with, and after your meal. See, we're... we're well, well, you Christian, man, you Christian, you don't get to do anything. There's a lot of things we don't get to do. We don't get to get arrested. We don't get to go to rehab. We don't get to go to divorce court. We don't get to get in fights in a bar. We don't get to go to the doctor and say, I don't know what it is. We don't get to go to a clinic trying to find out which one's the father. We, I mean, we do. We miss out on a lot of stuff. It's a long list. But it's all the death part of living that we miss out on. The life part, we get all of that. Life, life more abundant, life everlasting through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, hope you know Him as your Lord, as your Savior. He is the life.